anytime people are going through something, you know, they, they look they look for something else they can turn to. And I think for a lot of people, sumo sumo is that thing. Life sometimes can just be full of all kinds of BS. And, you know, you put on a fake face at work and you put on a fake face in various relationships. But sumo is the realest, realest thing you could possibly do. You step in that ring, it's win or lose. It's this ancient, primitive kind of battle. It connects us back to something that's, that's ancient and inside all of us. And um, I think I think people turn to that, you know? So, like, you're dealing with all this stuff with the pandemic. I, I think it's gotten people, like, you know, looking for something, looking for an outlet, looking for an escape. And I think more and more people have been turning to, uh, to Sumo for that, you know, to connect with something um, uh, a little bit deeper. And um, I think especially now with, with COVID sort of uh, situation improving and more people getting vaccinated, a lot of people have been thinking about coming out of the woodwork and maybe kind of like just, uh, 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 you know, planning on it for the past year or two. Now they're finally taking those steps. So we've seen more and more clubs popping up, more and more growth in the sport, more athletes coming out to try it. This is Ed Tachewski, United States Sumo Champion, and you're listening to No Holds Barred with Eddie Goldman. Once again, this is Eddie Goldman on No Holds Barred. As has been reported right here on No Holds Barred, we're entering a very important time for sumo in the U.S. The next major step forward will be the 2021 U.S. National Sumo Championships, which will be held Saturday, June 19th at Dreamland in Dripping Springs, Texas, about 23 miles west of Austin. This is an outdoor venue, and there will be a live stream of this event. The U.S. Sumo Nationals will determine seating for the 2021 North American Sumo Championships, which will be held December 11th in Las Vegas, Nevada. In turn, the North American Sumo Championships will be a qualifier for the World Games, which will be held in July 2022 in Birmingham, Alabama. The top three finishers in their weight classes at the North American Sumo Championships will qualify for the World Games. So, the 2021 U.S. National Sumo Championships begins a process which will likely see many U.S. sumo wrestlers competing on the world stage. This is especially important since the 2021 World Championships had to be canceled due to the coronavirus pandemic. To find out more about all this, we once again spoke with Ed Suchewski, a U.S. sumo champion and the current president of the U.S. Sumo Federation. We spoke with him by phone Monday, June 7th. But before we get to that, a word from the sponsors of No Holds Barred. No Holds Barred is brought to you by LennyHart.com, the home of Lenny Hart, the legendary MMA and sports announcer, voice actor, singer, actress, and comedian. 
Lenny is also known for her jazz vocals with her Lenny Hart Jazz Cabaret Band. For more information, to book her or to order a custom message from her, go to LennyHart.com. That's L-E-N-N-E-H-A-R-D-T dot com. And Skulls Fight Shop, home of the Skulls Double End Bag the perfect punching bag for your combat sports training. Skull's double-end bags provide a realistic striking target and help improve speed, distance, and timing skills. Hang it and hit it right out of the box. No pump required. Skull's Fight Shop, advancing combat sports equipment for the next generation of fighters. For more information, go to Skulls, that's S-K-U-L-L-Z, fightshop.com. And Adolfina Studios, original art prints and handcrafted fine jewelry. For more information, go to Etsy.com, that's E-T-S-Y dot com, slash shop, slash Adolfina Studios, that's A-D-O-L-P-H-I-N-A Studios. Also, Please subscribe to the No Holds Barred page on Patreon for much more No Holds Barred content that's at patreon.com slash Eddie Goldman. Now, you can also support our independent No Holds Barred journalism by purchasing items such as t-shirts, hoodies, tank tops, mugs, pillows, masks, and even miniskirts at the new no Holds Barred with Eddie Goldman shop on Red Bubble. It has also been recommended to me that people choose sizes on the large side, as some items may run small. You can browse all the items for sale and then place an order at redbubble.com slash people slash Eddie Goldman. Hello everyone around the world. Welcome back. This is Eddie Goldman, No Holds Barred. There are some big events coming up in the world of sumo in the United States. Just a short ways from now on June 19th, which is actually Juneteenth on Saturday, the 2021 U.S. National Sumo Championships will be taking place in the Austin, Texas area. This is a major event for the sport, and also as things start to come back to somewhat, to some degree, normal with the pandemic, it's an important step forward for sumo in the U.S. And to find out all about this event, we have on the line once again Ed Suchevsky of the U.S. Sumo Federation. And once again, welcome to No Holds Barred. What's up, Eddie? It's good to talk to you again. Yeah, good to talk to you, and I know it's starting to get very busy, so give us the, the basics on this event, when and where it is, how people could find out information, all that kind of stuff. We're going to be in Austin, Texas, June 19th. Uh, uh, actually, I think technically it's in uh, Dripping Springs, but right outside of Austin, it's going to be a nice outdoor venue, outdoor seating. Uh, seats are pretty much almost sold out, so if you're in the Austin area, you better get on and purchase now. Go to ussumo.org to get your tickets. 
um, and they're they're linked up right to the homepage there. Um, but uh, but they're going to sell out fast. And if you're not in the Austin area, there's going to be a, a live stream. Um, if you check out ussumo.org or the USSF uh, Facebook group, you'll get more info there uh, as the event gets closer. Who do you expect to be at this event? Because obviously people can are going to have to travel around the, the U.S. to get there. And we know that there have been a lot of restrictions in travel because of the pandemic, and a lot of people just aren't traveling very much. So who among the, the top sumo wrestlers in the U.S. do you expect to be competing at this event? Oh, I think we'll see most of uh, most of the top athletes, if, if not all of them. Um, I know I know we're going to have a lot of a lot of the repeats from last year. So multi-time defending openweight champ and defending heavyweight champ Robert Fuimaona. I know he'll be coming in from Kansas City. Um, remember too, a lot of those medalists from last year: Justin Kizard, Sam Kempka, Eros Armstrong. They all came out of Texas, so they're on their home turf now, hosting this event. Um, so uh, yeah, you're going to get a lot of the top top sumo wrestlers in the country coming out to compete. Um, and I don't think we'll be held back too much by by COVID. What's interesting is that, that we've talked about this before, and I've talked about it on the show many times, but there's still a lot of people who maybe they, they've seen some Japanese sumo on TV, and they still don't know that there are women involved competing in sumo, and, and women involved at all levels outside of Japan. Yeah, that's a huge misunderstanding. And, um, you know, I think people don't even know. They don't know that there's weight classes. They don't know the range of techniques. They don't know that this is a sport that can be done by somebody anywhere in the world, no matter what age you start. You're not going to deal with the same restrictions that, that, that they deal with in Japanese Grand Sumo, you know, where they only let you in up to a certain age. Um, and there's only a single weight class, and it's only men. People don't know much about international sumo, but uh, but once you realize that there's this bigger scene out there, um, I think uh, it's, it's one of the reasons uh, you know the sport's been growing so much is because there there are avenues for all kinds of people, all different body sizes, men and women both to compete. Yeah, and and tell us about this growth because what's what's really remarkable is that even during the pandemic, when so many things were shut down and so many things either stopped or had restricted activities. It just seemed to me that sumo was growing, that there were more clubs being formed, more tournaments, more training sessions going on, more events being held. And now that that things again, I we're not done with the with the pandemic, but there still it seems to be the condition now for a really rapid growth. Yeah, I think you know, anytime people are going through something, you know, they they look they look for something else they can turn to. And I think for a lot of people, sumo sumo is that thing. Life sometimes can just be full of all kinds of BS, and you know, you put on a fake face at work, and you put on a fake face in various relationships. But sumo is the realest realest thing you could possibly do. You step in that ring. It's win or lose. It's this ancient, primitive kind of battle. It connects us back to something that's that's ancient and inside all of us. And um, I think I think people turn to that, you know. So like you're dealing with all this stuff with the pandemic. I, I think it's got people like you know looking for something, looking for an outlet, looking for an escape. And I think more and more people have been turning to uh, to sumo for that, you know, to connect with something 
um, uh, a little bit deeper. And um, I think especially now with, with COVID sort of uh, situation improving and more people getting vaccinated, a lot of people have been thinking about coming out of the woodwork and maybe kind of like just, uh, 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 you know, planning on it for the past year or two. Now they're finally taking those steps. So we've seen more and more clubs popping up, more and more growth in the sport, more athletes coming out to try it. Tell us about that. How Can you quantify that at all? in terms of uh, how the growth has, has taken place, again, even with all the COVID restrictions in place, even though they're being lessened? Yeah, um, you know, I couldn't tell you exactly what kind of numbers I expect this year because COVID is still going on. But I can tell you last year was one of the biggest nationals we've, we've ever had. Um, I mean, it was so big that it was almost almost tough to fit the entire tournament within a single day. Um, so, you know, I, this is my eighth year now in the sport, and um, that was certainly the biggest one I've seen. And I imagine that this year is going to top that. Um, and I think we're going to have a lot a lot more fan participation this year because I know I was just talking to Justin today. He's, he's telling me they're almost sold out down there. So um looks like it's going to be a big one, and then we're going to keep that ball rolling. We're headed to uh, Vegas in December for the North Americans. So obviously other events in between there, but that's the, that's the next big one. Um, and uh, yeah, we're looking to put on some, I think really, really high quality championship tournaments these next few years. Yeah. I'll get to the, the North Americans in a minute, but I want to, if you could go a little bit more into this event, how long do you expect this event to, to take place? How long do you think people will be there for um, I mean, Justin runs a pretty tight ship, so um, I think his, his intended schedule is something around five hours of action, maybe six hours of action, um, and, and I'd imagine he'll be able to stick to that. Um, but, um, but, but keep in mind, I mean, five or six hours might sound like a lot, but it's not like you're sitting at the ballpark watching grass grow. Sumo is such a fast-paced, hard-hitting sport, so, I mean, it's constantly, uh, uh, it's constantly something worthwhile to watch. Um, so uh, that five or six hours can fly by. Now, what time is the competition actually going to start at? You know, for all for all questions like that, I think you can check out ussumo.org. As a competitor, I know i got to be there at 8.30. Um, I don't know what time the doors open. I would guess doors open around 10, but now I might be talking out of turn. So if you check out ussumo.org, you can find not only where to purchase tickets, but you'll find what time doors open for spectators, what time each division goes off. So if there's a particular division you're looking for, you can make sure you're there in time for that. And, um, you know, although I would recommend to anybody to try to get there for all divisions. You might think you want to come for the big guys, but the light, lightweight guys sometimes put on the most exciting matches. So make sure you get there on time. Uh, but check out USSumo.org for the exact start time. Don't let me tell you the wrong thing. Right. It's That says 9 a.m., central daylight time but i'm not sure if, if what that actually means in terms of when it's really gonna gonna get underway it also says the the uh the vip seating is sold out and there's general admission which is uh still available according to this according to the website at usumo.org so uh there's still some room for people to get in yeah, that's correct. Uh, it actually looks like a uh, 9 a.m. spectators can start showing up, but um, yeah, I think 10 a.m. is the actual start time. Uh, yeah, VIP seating is sold out, but there is still room for general admission. Um, all the seats are good. It's a small, 
it's a, you know, it's, it's a nice venue, but it's a pretty small venue. So all the seats are good. You got a nice bar. They're going to be having a live stream from the event into the bar. So even if you're getting a drink, you're not going to miss any of the action. Uh, so it looks like a pretty cool setup down there. And yeah, lightweight division begins at 10 a.m. So you want to make sure you're there. You got your drink. You're in your seat before that happens. And tell us about this this venue, Dreamland, which it's in the Austin area, but it's officially in Dripping Springs, and people are trying to figure out exactly how to get there. I mean, have you? I assume you've been to this place or know something about it. No, this this will be my first time. I've gotten the virtual tour from Justin. I haven't actually flown down to Austin yet, so I'm going to be seeing you for the first time when we get set up on Thursday. But having gotten the virtual tour, I can tell you it's like a beautiful, state-of-the-art facility. It looks very new. In fact, I think they were still doing some construction when I first saw images of it. Um, but I think that's all done now. Got an outdoor pavilion with multiple pickleball, pickleball courts. And what we've essentially done is we're taking down the nets, we're setting up bleachers, and we're turning that pavilion into a little outdoor sumo stadium. So if you like that sort of outdoor sumo vibe, you know, it's like the kind of thing you see at the, uh, the sports stadium in Osaka where we sometimes do the sumo world championships. It's always nice to do sumo outdoors. Uh, it almost reminds me of like the old U.S. Open back when they did that outdoors. Um, so it'll be outdoors. They've got an indoor bar, like I said, equipped with television, so there's going to be a live stream of the event going on inside. Um, it looks like, a, looks like a great setup, and Justin is so incredibly meticulous. He's got every little detail worked out, so he's a great person to have promoting this event. Now, are you and Justin going to be also competing in this event, too? Yeah, that's that's correct. I'll be, I'll be competing, and Justin's going to be competing, so... We've got enough staff and enough people in place, but things are going to basically run themselves the day of. So, you know, Justin has predominantly handled preparation. You know, as president, I've been sort of like, you know, keeping an eye on that and helping out where, where he needs me. But he's done, uh, you know, the vast majority of the legwork. So the day of, he's going to be free to compete. He's going to be ready to go. And um, he's going to have his hands free because everyone else is going to be taking care of things. Okay. And give us give us the format, the weight classes, roughly how many matches people will have, and also what is the significance? What does winning this, in this event lead to? Sure. So we've got uh, a total of five divisions. you got the lightweight, which is uh, men under 187 pounds and women under, um, you know, this is too much math for me to do in my head, but um, it's the, you got the lightweight division, uh, so it's uh, 85 kilos for men and uh, 65 kilos for women. You've got the middleweight. Uh, it's 100 kilos for men and 73 kilos for women. You've got the light heavyweights. That's 115 kilos for men and 80 kilos for women. And then you have the heavyweights, which is unlimited. And then my favorite division, I think everyone's favorite division, is the open division where they all get mixed up. So light versus heavy, you know, big versus small, David versus Goliath-type Goliath battles. Um, that's the, the most interesting part of the day. And those weight divisions I just listed are starting every hour on the hour. So you've got lightweight at 10, middleweight at 11, light heavyweight at 12, heavyweight at 1, and open weight at 2. Um, so it's going to be a um, uh, pretty packed schedule of matches. Now, the, the, the format of each tournament is a, a double elimination tournament. So even if your favorite guy loses, he's got a chance to fight his way all the way back to first. Um, so it's always a full double elimination if you lose, if you slip, sumo is a crazy game and anything can happen on any given day. So you always get that second chance. You can battle your way back and you can still win gold at the end of the day through that loser's bracket. Um, 
Now, in terms of what we're fighting for, normally this would be the qualifier for the Sumo World Championships, but as you may know, it was canceled due to uh, COVID. You know, they were unable to host it in Poland. It was supposed to be September 19th. So instead, what this tournament's going to do is this is going to be the thing that determines seeding for the North American Championships in December. So the North American Championships in December will be seeded mainly based on the results of this tournament. Now, okay, so we've gotten to the North American Championships. Tell us about that, because by name, it's going to be more than the U.S. So what do we know so far about it, where it is, who's going to be there, that type of thing? Well, I mean, so historically, there's been participation from other North American federations. We've had Canada, there's been Puerto Rico, different countries have uh, have. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, I said Puerto Rico. I mean to say uh, Dominican Republic. Different countries have gotten involved in, in the North American Championships. Um, but um, uh, this year, we're not quite sure yet. We haven't heard from those other national federations. No other national federation has really stepped up and taken on an active role. So as of right now, it might just be the Americans. Uh, but I think the important thing is not really who's competing, it's what they're competing for. And this time, they're competing for a shot at the World Games. So the World Games is coming to the U.S. in July of 2022. And this will be the qualifier for that event. The top three from each division will go. Right. That's going to be in Birmingham, Alabama this year. That's correct. Okay. So the top three in each weight class will get a spot at the World Games to 2022? This is exactly. So the top, yeah, the top three, the top three competitors from each weight class of the North Americans will go on to compete at the World Games in 2022. Okay, so th- that will mean then there is, it, it varies by sport, but in terms of Americans competing, is I'm assuming it's not just limited to one American per weight class at the North American Championships, because you said it's unclear who who else is, is coming to this. Oh, yeah. So yeah, for the North Americans, it's wide open. There's no there's no pre qualifier this year. So. Every American who wants to come is invited, and if one of these other countries can get their national federation together in time, all the Canadians are welcome, Mexicans are welcome. They just need to get their national federation together, get everything squared away with the IFS, and the North Americans are uh, are fair game for anyone who wants to come compete. Right. The issue with Canada has also been travel between Canada and the United States, which has been severely restricted um, during the pandemic, but hopefully by December it'll be all opened up. Yeah, hopefully hopefully by December that'll be the case. Right, you have the Toronto Blue Jays have been playing in Florida and Buffalo, New York, and they haven't played back in Toronto since 2019, so uh, we'll, we'll see what happens yeah. to them. That's just one example later later in the year so in terms of the but who, who knows i mean for 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 any canadians to come compete you know the 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 group up there in canada is going to have to step up and sort of put the put the legwork in um and, and they're going to have to do it in sort of in short order here to uh, to get a federation together and organized in time so um 
so whoever wants to, to, to promote and, and work on developing sumo in these other countries is going to need to step up and do that. Um, otherwise, it's going to be an All-American North Americans. And, uh, and I'm fine with that, too, because honestly, I think we've probably got the best sumo wrestlers here anyway. So you're saying that, because I was reading about some organizations in Canada, but you're saying there's not a real a national sumo federation that's part of the International Sumo Federation? Exactly. There, there used to be, um, and, and it could be started up again, uh, but someone's going to need to go through that process and, and contact the IFS, and then the IFS will refer them to me, and then we'll go from there. Um, so, uh, so it can happen. Uh, someone just needs to take the initiative. Okay. Do you have contacts up there to see who's who's interested? Uh, be interesting to put the, the word out since con- all, all styles of wrestling, combat sports are very popular in Canada. I uh, I badly want to grow this sport, but. You know, I also don't want to waste my time dragging somebody to the table. And so a few people have reached out to me here and there, and I'll say, hey, do this, do that, email me back, and, and then I don't hear anything. So, you know, I don't want to drag anyone to the table. I, if somebody steps up and takes the initiative, that'd be great. And, you know, if it's not until, you know, the next president is in and, and they get it going, that that's fine with me too. Um, but, yeah, it's going to take a lot of work, whoever wants to do it. So I'm just waiting on somebody from there to uh, to – to, to get things started. Okay, well, 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 I'll I'll just see. I'll have to poke around a little bit and see if I can find anybody up there that might be interested. Now, in terms of the North Americans, you said it's going to be in December in Las Vegas, Nevada. Tell what specifics do we know about the venue, the date, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so we've got a huge basketball arena at UNLV. Um, I don't know the name of the exact arena, but we're UNLV in Vegas. Um, we're going to be right near the Strip. We're going to be staying at like a hotel near the Strip. Um, so it should be uh, pretty close to um, to the venue for anybody who's traveling. You know, just to, just to see Vegas, you could pop over and, uh, and and check out some sumo that Saturday. Okay, and what's the date on that? Uh, that- December eleventh. Okay, and has that been publicly announced yet, or? Um, yeah, that's been publicly announced, but um, it won't be up on the website until after Nationals. We don't want to confuse anybody. You know, if somebody's been looking at Nationals and thinking of coming and we post the next big tournament, I don't want to throw anybody for a loop. So as soon as Nationals is over, we're going to, you know, roll the website over and we'll start pushing uh, the uh, December 11th in Vegas North American Championships. And hopefully there'll be uh, some kind of live stream for that also. Yeah, I believe I believe there will be. Um, you know, getting like really high production quality that's going to take a little bit more time, and that's going to take a lot of you know individual effort uh, for for people to do that. But at least to get up some kind of live stream so people can follow from home, yeah, that that won't be a problem. That'll definitely be up for us. Now, if there are if there are people that we're just talking about the U.S. for the moment who have done. Other types of wrestling or combat sports, but have not trained very much in sumo. But look at this. Could they participate in these type of events? Because when I was listening to stories from people like Mariah Holmes and Eris Armstrong and others, they got into this without a whole long uh, training regimen. And, you know, they took to it and then 
and then improve their training, you know, both to become national champions. What if somebody looks at this and it says, hey, I can do that, but they haven't done a lot of formal training at this point? Uh, yeah, yeah. I um, I invite anybody who's a martial artist of any kind, or even has a background in football, wrestling, any type of uh, American sport, or anybody who just wants to come out and try it for fun. I invite them to come out and do it. Um, you do have some stories, uh, especially on the women's side, um, you know, which is still developing, of people coming out and winning very quickly. But I can tell you, for me, it took me quite a while to start uh, doing well and picking up wins, uh, especially at national. Um, and, and I can tell you, too, it, 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 it'll be a surprise for some people. We had an Olympic, uh, we had an Olympic gold medalist, Breckel Roman Rossley, which is probably as close as you can get to sumo, I would imagine, in terms of combat sports. He came out to the U.S. Open. I think he went like two and four, maybe two and five on the day. Just had a tough time. And, yeah, he pulled off some impressive throws in those two wins, but most of the day was getting beat up. Uh, sumo is a, is a unique, unique sport, uh, very, very different from other, other combat sports. And so, uh, yeah, I encourage you to come out and try it, but uh, don't expect you're going to walk through everybody just because you're good at judo or you're good at wrestling or good at something else because sumo is a whole other game. Right, and what, what a lot of people, again, don't know because especially in the u.s maybe they've seen a little bit of japanese sumo on tv or seen some clips and they might just think it's a bunch of uh, big fat guys pushing each other there are so many techniques in sumo that i don't know the which came first between the techniques used in judo and aikido and, and wrestling with the actual lineages but there are an enormous amount of techniques there's the i think the 82 officially approved techniques and, and i think some are actually being developed and modified in, in more more modern times of this so it's it's a highly technical sport and if you watch the the Japanese sumo on the NHK World Japan telecast, which has the English language broadcast, they'll explain the winning techniques. They'll explain what each wrestler tried and what they succeeded at and what they didn't succeed at and why. And they'll give you the name of that technique, both in Japanese and English. So uh, it's... I think that would come as a revelation to a lot of people that think it's just about pushing. Yeah, it's one of those interesting sports. It's kind of like chess, right? Like the rules are simple, but there's this deep underlying complexity and range of things that you can do within those simple rules. And um, yeah, I mean, that's one of the things that really drew me to the sport. Um, and, and it's not like I have a whole bunch of techniques in my bag either. I mean, fat guys pushing each other is a pretty apt description for most of what I do in the ring. But, um, but even within that, there's a lot of little technical wrinkles and details and things you can work on. It's not just as easy as going out and pushing. Um, and so, you know, the first time you step in the ring with somebody who really knows what they're doing, and they might be 100 kilos, but they feel like they're two, 300 kilos, and you're like, you know, how does this person feel so heavy? You start to recognize all the little details that go into making a good sumo wrestler good. Yeah, I think one of the first things you'll see is if you compare it to Japanese professional sumo, so when you watch amateur sumos, right from the beginning, the tachiai, which is the initial charge of the wrestlers, if you watch the, the top-level Japanese wrestlers, they go at each other like, you know, 
two trains crashing into each other. You don't, you just don't see that as much in amateur sumo, um, at least from what the videos that I've seen. Yeah. You know what? I, some people have said that, and they've almost said that disparagingly, you know, in reference to, to international sumo, but I don't think that's disparaging at all. What I've found is that the higher you get in the sport, the, um, it's not like they're softer, but almost the, the, the smoother the, the tachi I feel. You know, when you're two 350-pound monsters, yeah, you know the other guy's going to be there, and you're going to crash into him, and you know what you're going to get. But down in some of these lighter weight classes, things get a lot more tricky and a lot more technical. And um, I think usually the, the best tachiai is not the guy who's trying to kill the other guy, but the guy who's, you know, planning already for that second move and moving in with purpose and moving in very smooth. Um, you know, some of the guys who look like big hitters, I felt their hit, and they don't actually hit that hard. What they do is they move fluidly and with technique, and they're thinking about that second, third move. Right. It's been described, and we did the interview with Mariah Holmes, she described it as physical chess, which has been a phrase used for, for other styles of wrestling. And I think they're all accurate. That's, that's pretty much exactly what it is. Yeah, physical chess, or, you know, I had a training partner of mine used to say it was like uh, like physical rock, paper, scissors. And and that's that's part of it, too, is you never know quite what the other guy's going to do with that tachi eye. So you've got to be prepared for everything. You don't want to commit to rock, and he throws paper, and now you're in trouble. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think I think physical chess is a good, a good description. And, um, yeah, there's definitely a lot of strategy and a lot of thinking that goes into it. It's not just crashing into each other, especially when you're at these lighter weights where guys are mobile. Now, the, the other thing I want to ask you about also is that internationally, there, of course, in Japan, there's Japan Sumo Association. And as I said, they make their TV broadcasts available pretty much all around the world and, and on their website. But for amateur sumo, there's the International Sumo Federation, which is a, a separate organization. And... Tell us what's been what the, the structure is and what's been happening with that. Because as you said, the the World Championships this year had to be canceled because of the coronavirus, like a billion other things been postponed. But how does how does working with the International Sumo Federation work in terms of running a national federation, the U, U.S. Sumo Federation? Uh, you, you cut out there, Eddie. I think I just missed the last phrase of your question. How, how does how does working with the International Sumo Federation, how is that for the U.S. Sumo Federation? It's good. It's always been a good relationship. I'll tell you, one of the things I really appreciate about the International Sumo Federation is that when I was brand relatively new in sumo, I was only like a year in, uh, they, they helped to facilitate, they worked with the USSF to set up a training trip for me and a few other young American wrestlers who went over, trained in Japan, lived in Japan for, you know, three weeks, picked up a ton of knowledge and, and was able to bring that back. And I was able to schedule another similar trip uh, somewhat more recently as well. And um, so I think uh, their outreach around the world in terms of, you know, bringing uh, wrestlers from other countries in, um, has been incredibly helpful. Um, the events they put on are always, from my experience, really well run. 
Um, so it's, it's been a good relationship, and I'm, I'm glad to see them sort of sharing the sport with the rest of the world. Um, you know, I, I love Japanese uh, Grand Sumo as well. Um, but, you know, the one thing I'll always say, I, I don't even really like the term pro versus amateur. You know, in my mind, there, there is no real pro sumo because they don't bring in wrestlers from around the world. That's not that's not something they're trying to do. And, and I fully respect that. I understand the, the benefit of keeping sumo Japanese, you know, because it's not just a sport. It is a cultural tradition as well. Uh, but that sort of leaves the IFS as the only place where wrestlers from all around the world no matter what age you get started, can go out and compete. Because you're not going to enter Japanese pro sumo unless you decide, you know, as a, as a teenager, basically, that you want to commit your whole life to that, you know, forego going to college in the States and head over there to become a full-time sumo wrestler where you're not going to get paid for many, many years and might never get paid. Um, so, you know, I'm incredibly grateful to the IFS for, uh, you know, providing another avenue for people to do sumo at a really high level um, without you know, those types of restrictions where, you know, foreigners are limited. You're only allowed one foreigner per stable. There's none of that in the IFS. Right. And that leads me to another point that we discussed a couple months ago in the past, that the only American thus far, and with the world championships canceled, it'll still be true this year. The only American thus far to win a gold medal the world championships put on by the IFS is the late great Manny Yarbrough, who also won uh, bronze and silver for other years. So, what can you say? I had talked about this before of doing something to honor Manny, doing it as a way to build and promote sumo because he was pretty prominent in, in the day. You'd see him in TV. TV shows of all sorts, interviews, movies, magazines, all these different types of things. What can be done to, to honor him? And would I propose creating a, a Manny Yarborough Cup? And, and what, would be, what would be your reaction to, to that at this point that we're getting closer to these major events? Yeah, I mean Manny Arborough, right? It was a was a big, uh, uh, huge, huge name, you know, within sumo and outside, and so was able to sort of popularize sumo in, in other areas. Actually, somebody just this morning—it's funny you mention it because just this morning somebody sent me a video of his UFC fight. It's like, hey, have you ever seen this guy? Yeah, of course I've seen this guy. You know, but they they hadn't heard of it until now. But that kind of stuff is is still going around, and um, yeah, I think. Um, I think I think something like a Manny Yarborough Cup could be really cool, and, and maybe I'd be interested in doing something like that because you know I'm, I'm local here in Jersey, um, and uh, and you know there's plenty of other people uh, here in Jersey that have uh, you know a real relationship with Manny, right? Like I never actually trained with him in person, but there's people you know from that generation older than me who who've been around and, and had the chance to train with Manny, and um, so maybe some of them would be interested in, uh, as well in promoting something like that. Um, but, you know, I think the biggest way to honor Manny would be to bring home another another gold medal to the U.S., and so that's really my main focus, whether it's, uh, you know, uh, me, whether it's, it's another U.S. wrestler. It's about, you know, raising the level of competition that we have here and, uh, you know, really trying to put, put some people on the podium at Worlds and, and bring back another gold. Right. There's also, of course, uh, Kevin Carter, who trained with him and competed in sumo years ago. And 
Kevin said he had been asked to be. I mean, he's no, he hasn't been competing in a long time, but he said he had been asked to be an official. Uh, I think it was last year uh, at one of the events, but he he just couldn't arrange the scheduling of it. But he certainly open to doing that, and he's one of the guys that really knows among people in the U.S. knows just about as much about sumo just about anybody else that that you can imagine, except for some of the people that competed in all those years in Japan. So I know Kevin's interested in doing something. Yeah, well, it's, you know, it's definitely something that's on my list of things to do is to uh, start putting on bigger events right here in Jersey and, uh, you know, honoring Manny there and uh, bringing in some of the people from, from that older generation, you know, hooking up with guys like Kevin Carter, that, that kind of thing would be a good idea for me. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's definitely on my list of things to do, especially, uh, you know, when my term as president starts to wind down. So it'll it'll be on my mind. Right. Holding something in the Northeast would be, a, a sort of no-brainer when you can do that. The, the club that Manny and Kevin uh, trained at no longer has sumo training, but I think there's still a need in the New York, New Jersey area, in the Northeast in general, that somebody set up some kind of sumo club. And with all these new clubs and new tournaments forming, I think it's, again, something much larger developing, particularly within the city in New York itself. I, I think the, the time is ripe for that. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're a little bit outside of the city. We're a short train ride out, but our, our dojo's right next to the train line. And, uh, I mean, we've been, in terms of, maybe not in terms of members, but in terms of, like, the number of practices, we've been one of the most consistent, most active clubs in the country, you know, over the past eight years. Um, and so uh, it's, it's here, it's available. Um, it's just a matter of finding those guys that are really willing to commit. You know, uh, sumo is not a sport that that welcomes you in. And it's not a sport that's easy to do once or twice a month. It's like you've really got to commit. you got to build the flexibility. You've got to start to get used to, you know, how this sport feels. And so uh, uh, it takes a little commitment. But um, but we're here, and um, I'm ready to start, to start taking a, a more, you know, putting more of my focus on, on building this thing. And, uh, and and not just thinking about myself as an athlete, but thinking about growing the club as well. Now, where, give us the exact uh, location of the club. And you said it's right by the train. Which train station? Yeah, yeah. So uh, we're in Madison, New Jersey. We're at uh, 91 Main Street. We're at a gym called South Mountain Martial Arts in Madison, New Jersey. Um, and we train in the gym twice a week. But I will train outside of the gym while the weather's good literally any day of the week. Um um, and I've had I've had various people come through before, and we do you know practices uh, uh, like field turf is a very good surface for sumo. Actually, it's quite similar to that uh, you know the kind of sliding feeling of a doyo. Not perfect, but uh, but it it, it passes. Um, and uh, so you know if you can't make our regularly scheduled practices, get in touch with me anyway. We'll set something up. Five a.m. in the morning, I'll be there. We go to the field and uh, we can train there. Um, I'm pretty much always looking for more sumo practice. And I've had people in the past come through, but, um, you know, I lost a couple of those with COVID. And, uh, you know, we're just starting to build up again. We're getting some more guys back in the gym. And, um, you know, we're we're on the right track, I think, Uh, especially if we can start bringing some big events here. 
I think that's the thing that really drives the sport. If you look at like the success the California club has had, now they have a lot of stuff going for them. They have some of the best coaches in the country. They have other things going for them. But one big thing they had or still have is the, the U.S. Open out there, right? So that's a, a it's good when your club is attached to a big competition. Now, I don't think I'm going to put on the next U.S. Open here in New Jersey, but I could put on something that at least, uh, you know, on, on the competitor's side, maybe not for fans, but for the competitors, it's, it's highly competitive. Um, and, and you get a strong, uh, you know, pool of talent coming in. So if I can do that, uh, that might be something that, uh, you know, helps develop the sport here as well. So I had looked previously at putting on the North Americans with COVID. That wasn't possible, but I'll be looking at future national championships, North American championships as uh, opportunities to maybe big, bring a big event here. Give us the uh, website and the way people can contact you if they want to train either in Jersey or anywhere and get information about the U.S. Sumo Federation. So, yeah, the best best place to get in touch is ussumo.org. It's ussumo.org, um, and you can contact uh, it's me right now. Eventually it will be someone else, but president at ussumo.org. It's the way to get in touch with the federation, and that goes out to the whole federation leadership, all the trustees, all the executive committees. So they'll get your email, and usually I'll respond, but if not, someone can point you in the uh, I'll, I'll always respond, but you know, if there's any questions, someone can point you in the right direction because everyone who's involved in the Federation leadership gets that email. If you're looking just for me personally, you can still reach me there, but you can also find me on Instagram at the real sumo ed, the real sumo ed. Um, and, uh, you know, if you DM me there, I can, I can help you out. If you're trying to get started in sumo, you have questions, even if you're not in this area and you just want some help or guidance on how to get started, I can help you out with that. Um, in terms of my own club, I'm working on putting together a website. Like I said, I'm just starting to shift my focus to growth because I think for the longest time, I've just been focused on myself as an athlete, not really thinking about the long term. But, you know, I've been inspired by Ohio and Dark Circle and what some of these clubs have been able to do. And then seeing all, the, all these other little clubs popping up, I'm like, you know, if you can have a club out in some of these rural areas where it doesn't seem like much is going on, if guys are driving five hours to meet up at a club outside of Lexington, Kentucky, I'm like, they got to have a bigger club here, here in Jersey. You know, we're so close to the city and so close to the center of everything. So, um, uh, yeah, we're getting it going, and I'll have a website for that too. But for now, reach me through the Federation or reach me on my own uh, private Instagram. Very good. And anything you just want to add before we wrap this up? I think that's it, but I'll tell you what, don't don't miss nationals. Mark your calendar. Make sure you catch that live stream if you can't make it there in person, June nineteenth. Um, it's it's gonna be a good one. I'll tell you what, it might not be a qualifier for anything, but a lot of these guys have been pent up for, you know, two years now, almost almost going on two years, a year and a half, uh, with COVID and uh, you know, I think everybody's pretty stoked about getting back out there, getting in the ring. So it's gonna be a good one. All right. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the live stream. And if people can get get there, I encourage them to do it, whether, they, whether they're competing or whether they're going to be spectators or whatever. But I just see the whole trajectory is up for, in the U.S. and really around the world for, for the sport of sumo, which I think is very, very important development. So uh, we hope to be following, continuing to follow this, all of this. Great, thank you, Eddie. I appreciate it, man. It's uh, it's great having you kind of you know put sumo out there and share with more people. 
um, it's a great sport to be involved in, and I appreciate everything you're doing for it. Thank you. Well, I mean, I'm not going to repeat everything, but, you know, I've been trying to see something happen for over two decades in, in sumo in the U.S., and there were a lot of false starts, the uh, Battle of the Giants, the World Sumo Challenge and World Sumo League and, and things like that, and it just seems in recent years it's it's revived again, and that's something that's, you know, that's very, very important. It's a very important development yeah. at this time. I know it's been on your mind for a long time, but I'm telling you, you've turned your attention back to it at just the right time, because this is a real inflection point for the sport. And uh, things are only going to keep growing from here. Very good. And, of course, you know, I mean, I, I had spoken with, with Manny uh, before his that crazy UFC fight, which, you know, you can watch or not watch. I don't think you're going to learn a whole lot. I don't think it's that valuable of a, of a lesson yeah. there about anything other than people were getting involved in something they weren't properly trained for and that's this is what happens but, yes. but he, he was an international figure he was known around the world mainly for his sumo and he was known in not only in the u.s but in, in japan and europe and uh it's it's time it's time like you said it's being revived and this is the right time for it so that's that's why i'm i'm still here <laughs> And, and what you what you're saying about Manny is right. Sometimes people think we need this massive organizational shift. We need a new promotion to come along. We need an influx of cash. Manny didn't have any of that going for him. He didn't have a really strong organization. He didn't have a whole ton of cash behind him. What it was is one athlete putting in a whole shit ton of effort and and coming out on top. And that can happen again no matter what happens on a federation level, no matter who's promoting it, no matter who's talking about it. The best thing people can do for this sport is get in the gym, compete against each other, battle it out, make each other stronger. That's what we got to do as, as Americans to, uh, you know, to step up in this sport once again and, and get ourselves on the podium. And right. And let's see which stars start to really emerge on a large scale basis uh, from this event, from the North Americans and other events that are going on. I have a couple in mind that I think you do too, but that, that's really important for any sport because people like to watch people first. And if they get if they get interested and intrigued by people, they're more likely to watch it than just say, you know, oh, I'm going to watch this because it's a sport or it's just a sport itself. Yeah. I think we, I think we have some people on the, on the precipice, you know, who, who maybe could get there. Um, and so, you know, it's just a matter of time. It's, uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta make it to worlds. You gotta, you gotta compete in the open weight at nationals. That's a huge one. You know, that's where, uh, that's where, uh, people really get tested and you really see who, who the top people are. Um, so, uh, so yeah, watch closely, watch closely at open weight, uh, because there are people in the Federation now who, who could be, you know, the next person to, to take home a medal at Worlds. It's, it's just a matter of uh, putting that work in and stringing those matches together on the day. All right, so we will be watching all of this, and again, I wish everybody the best of luck in this, and I think the trajectory is uh, is straight up for this, so let's, let's really work to make that happen. Definitely. Thank you, Eddie. Thank you. Take care. I'll speak to you soon. Thanks. Have a good one. No Holds Barred is brought to you by LennyHart.com. 
the home of Lenny Hart, the legendary MMA and sports announcer, voice actor, singer, actress, and comedian. Lenny is also known for her jazz vocals with her Lenny Hart Jazz Cabaret Band. For more information, to book her or to order a custom message from her, go to LennyHart.com. That's L-E-N-N-E-H-A-R-D-T dot com. And Skulls Fight Shop, home of the Skulls Double End Bag the perfect punching bag for your combat sports training. Skulls double-end bags provide a realistic striking target and help improve speed, distance, and timing skills. Hang it and hit it right out of the box. No pump required. Skulls Fight Shop, advancing combat sports equipment for the next generation of fighters. For more information, go to Skulls that's S-K-U-L-L-Z, fightshop.com. And Adolfina Studios, original art prints and handcrafted fine jewelry. For more information, go to Etsy.com, that's E-T-S-Y dot com, slash shop, slash Adolfina Studios, that's A-D-O-L-P-H-I-N-A Studios. Also, Please subscribe to the No Holds Barred page on Patreon for much more No Holds Barred content that's at patreon.com slash Eddie Goldman. Now, you can also support our independent No Holds Barred journalism by purchasing items such as t-shirts, hoodies, tank tops, mugs, pillows, masks, and even mini skirts at the new no Holds Barred with Eddie Goldman shop on Red Bubble. It has also been recommended to me that people choose sizes on the large side, as some items may run small. You can browse all the items for sale and then place an order at redbubble.com slash people slash Eddie Goldman. Hello everyone around the world. Welcome back. This is Eddie Goldman, No Holds Barred. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the show. Thanks for listening. If you want to follow my site, my blog, the easiest way is go to eddiegoldman.com. For No Holds Barred, this has been Eddie Goldman.